You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. written to us by Luke. As we've done in the past, I'm going to ask you to be seated, and I'll just comment on this most beautiful of texts as we read it. Many say that this particular gospel, more than any other, gives Jesus' image of what God is like. Luke 15 has three stories of losing and finding. There's the lost sheep, the lost coin, and here the lost son. And this, I'm sure, certainly in my own experience, has probably converted more people than any. A man had two sons. And the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. Now right there we see the drama set in motion. You normally don't ask for your father's inheritance while he's still alive. So we have an arrogant young man here who wants to take care of himself, who has no respect for his father or the rest of the family. But the father divided the property between the two sons. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings. He just wanted to get out of the house and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. It doesn't say what the dissipation is, but we'll see later in the text that, as always, we think it's sex, and it names it as prostitution. It doesn't really say that. But at any rate, when he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So this is what the men and women in AA called hitting the bottom or uh, reaching the point of powerlessness. He even hired himself out to the local citizens who sent him to his farm to take care of the pigs. Now in Jewish culture, still to this day, pigs are not allowed to be eaten Just as in the Spanish language, puerco, I think it means dirty, doesn't it? Uh, And they considered it dirty, too. So you couldn't associate with pigs. 
So he's really hit the bottom. He longed to eat his fill of the cobs on which the swine fed, but nobody even gave him anything. Coming to his senses, he thought, now how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? And here I am, a son, dying from hunger. I shall go, get up, I shall go to my father, and I shall say to him. Now this is called rehearsing your speech. When you're a little scared, you go through it in your mind, here's what I'm going to say, here's what I'm going to say, you know. Because he's scared to death and assumes that his father will uh, not be happy. Let's just leave it at that. This is what I will say. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. That's pretty good. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. He's desperate. He wants anything. So he got back up and went to his father. And then perhaps the most beautiful line in the whole text, while he was still a long way off. So we have uh, the son, the image for every person who's ever done it wrong, which is all of us, by the way. Uh, we never really get back to God. God comes running toward us. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran. So who can picture God running after us, after me? This is why this text has converted so many people, even in my own years of preaching on it. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, the words he memorized, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But here's the response of God to the unworthy, the self-hating son, which is all of us. Quick, bring the finest robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, put sandals on his feet, take the fattened calf, slaughter it, let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life again. He was lost and has been found. In the whole New Testament, Jesus' constant image for heaven or eternal life is a banquet. And again and again, there's the division between those who are willing to come and those who aren't willing to come because it isn't the banquet they expected or wanted. And so the second son symbolizes that. Frankly, the person who's done it all right, like I'm sure most of us in this room. 
Mass at Holy Family every Sunday, obeying the Ten Commandments, putting your money in the collection basket. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. And he called one of the servants, and he asked what this might mean. And the servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back. That's all he wants, is to have him back. God doesn't want you to be perfect. God just wants you to be at the party. But the other son became angry and refused to enter the house. His father even came out and pleaded with him. And he said to the father in reply, Look, all these years I served you. And he probably did. And not once did I ever disobey your orders. And that's probably true, I guess. But it didn't make him a loving person. It made him an entitled person proud person. You never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends, but when this son of yours returns, he doesn't claim him as his brother, this son of yours, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes. That's the worst possible thing most people can think of. Uh, it doesn't, as I said, it never mentions a prostitute. For him, you slaughter the fattened calf. And the father does not give up, even though the son has been very rude and rejecting of the father. So it's pretty clear who the father is, God. The son is all of us. Well, actually, we're all both sons. And uh, we can stand in either role. We can return and accept undeserved love, undeserved forgiveness, or we can say, I deserve more, and start weighing and counting and measuring. Most kids do. Who gets the most? Huh? He said, son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. We must celebrate now and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. It seems, sisters and brothers, on some level we need to be lost before we can be found. You need to go down before you can go up. You need to lose it before you can realize what you have lost. You need to do it wrong before you can do it right. And the elder son couldn't admit that he'd ever done anything wrong. That's the dead place. That's the proud place. And the gospel story ends with that line. There's no indication in the rest of the New Testament 
that the elder son ever came to the party. He just sits outside pouting and complaining, blaming and hating his other brother. This is an easy stance when you don't get what you think you deserve. But who of us deserves anything? It's all a gift. It's all a gift. It's all, everything. From the moment of your conception, it's all a gift. And to celebrate and to be grateful for that gift is the very meaning of the party. We believe in one God.